0: Welcome to Healthcare is Human, a monthly podcast featuring authentic storytelling and healthcare with your host, Dr. Ryan McCarthy.
1: Welcome to Healthcare is Human. I'm Ryan McCarthy. Podcast listeners, today I am sitting on the sixth floor of the Berkeley Medical Center, and I'm going to have um, our guest go ahead and introduce herself.
2: Hi, yes. My name is Adriana Palmer, and I am the nurse manager on the six Floor Telemetry here at Berkeley Medical Center. I've been here for 20 years now and have worked myself in several different positions here. Um, Aside from my career, I am also a working mom of three um, children at home, um, an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a um, 1-year-old. and then i have my loving husband at home who loves and supports me in many facets of this job for sure
1: (laughs) you know as um adriana we're going to get into a lot of that and as i look around your office i see uh, photos of your children and i see images from the community um and you and i really share the experience of serving this community and being from this community and I've wanted to speak to you for a long time for the Healthcare's Human podcast because, um, you know, we know in the last couple of years that traveling nurses, disruption, people moving around, uh, people quitting, and throughout, here you have served consistently. We'll talk about that. But let's go back, even before you were in healthcare, you want to tell our listeners kind of where, you were, where you're from and kind of your, your o- origin story.
2: Absolutely, so I am born and raised here in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I was born within the walls of this hospital in nineteen eighty eight um I went to high school um locally and graduated from hedgesville high School in twenty or in two thousand and six and you know I'm you know enjoy having my children here and having them be a part of the community that I grew up in so
1: now when we go back to, you know, our our formative years, did you did you feel like you were going to leave this community? Many of us, you know, when I was younger, I really thought like, you know, West Virginia may not have the opportunities that I want. I remember thinking about going other places. Did you so a couple questions. Did did you think about that? Um and if you didn't, why not? And if you, you know, were drawn to stay, what were the first things that started to lay down those deeper roots,
2: sure, so um there was a time where I did think about leaving. My brother is a marine, and I thought that I would follow him in the military, so I did consider the air force um, and I was very interested in going overseas or you know somewhere else and you know, life just had a different path for me, and I, you know, grew my roots here, I got married, I settled down, my parents are here, majority of my family is here, and, you know, there's a, that sense of being comfortable, but I also just enjoy where I live and the people that are that are a part of this, so I, I guess that's why I'm still here, so...
1: Now, when we think about service, you were talking about maybe maybe being drawn away to serve in a different capacity, right? I can relate to that. I have two brothers in the military, uh, one on active duty, one who's retired. I I get that. I was the one who stayed. Um, what were your the first seeds of health care service? You know, there's so many ways, whether it's education, whether it's um some other service in our community, but healthcare many people have something or someone or a time or even all of those things that started to put their their fingerprints on you that called you to healthcare
2: absolutely so there are actually many different avenues that got me to where I'm at today um for one I swore I was never going to be another person in healthcare in my family I actually really wanted to be a special ed teacher and that's what I you know really thought going through high school that's where my passion was at Um, However, in 2002, I lost my best friend to um, a form of brain cancer. That following summer, I decided that I was going to um, volunteer to get some of my hours to graduate high school. And uh, my mother, who worked here on the oncology unit at the time, um, she brought me with her to work, and I served that whole summer. And although it was a really difficult time in my life, You know, I went from working down on the oncology center um, to then being up here on telemetry. And I just found this love that I had for serving people and for, you know, getting to know the different people in our community and making them feel better in some facets. Sometimes it was just simply having a conversation with somebody because you don't realize when you are here in the hospital, the the lack of like conversation that you really have with other people and to be able to discuss something well outside of just your health. I used to love them when I became a patient care tech on the floor, the actual aspect of giving care and helping somebody with, um, you know, washing their hair or braiding their hair or shaving a male patient um, or just making them overall feel better because they got a really good bath for the day and using that time to talk about where are they from and where you know what family members do they have I love to hear about their different tattoos or their cats and their dogs and you know everybody has this story and I just always enjoyed that part and I think that that is a lot of why I stayed because a lot of the patients we serve they're born and bred here too and I just love the history that comes with here
1: Wow, you know, when you when you start to talk about your origin, you know, there you were at kind of the most intimate care from the beginning. Um, so, so many years later, um, you know, at the very beginning, you didn't have any illusions about how unglamorous healthcare is. Uh, on one hand, at the same time, um, in those moments, you also uh, perhaps got uh, a great early look at the best part of healthcare. I think. Which is that personal intimacy when there's a real connection between one person in need and another person who's there to be present. So let, let's go back to some of those and and how that's carried through because, you know, what we want to to teach and model and the care we want to provide has that intimacy. And so you started with those moments. How have you developed or changed your appreciation of those? as time has gone on or do they ring just as true as they did at the beginning? Has that experience for you changed in any way?
2: I don't, I think it really set the foundations for who I am, honestly. Um, You know, I had this background then once I decided that I was going into nursing school, so I had, you know, a different approach to things, whereas other people who they've never been in healthcare, you know, their approach to people, you know, is strictly to what task is it that they have to get done, their med passes, their assessments, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, I'm quick to jump in and be, you know, tell me about that picture on the wall that's there. Did your grandson and draw that for you or who who colored it for you I see you have beautiful flowers you know and it's just you know opening that up so that you can have um, a conversation on a real level from the start with patients versus just you know going in and saying hi my name is Adriana and I'm going to be your nurse tonight and let's go through all your meds and what we're going to get done today instead it almost allows you to develop that level of trust right from the beginning because I've taken an interest in patients in a different level.
1: Boy, that could not be more true. And, you know, um, we couldn't be more lucky given what you're describing for how you got into healthcare and what it means to you and, and what you want to mean to it to be a leader now. Um, how do you want to teach those skills and connection? Um, you know, so many of our challenges now in healthcare center around us being present for people checking our bad day at the door, being present, um, you know, gosh, for those of us that have been here long enough, it's a little disconcerting, right, to to, ha- to see how young people are now <laughs> when, they, when they come into healthcare. And so they're very much a different generation than than we are. So with your wisdom, and I think you've earned that, you, you have healthcare wisdom and your experience, what do you see as your role to teach and model Given the kind of young nursing staff, tech staff, healthcare, the folks that we need to come in and serve, like, how do you see the next phase of your career bringing those connections into our workforce?
2: I mean, as far as those connections in the workforce, I think you already said it. I mean, it comes down to modeling that behavior from the get go. I can't say that I know where my, the next phase is for my career and how I would help develop that. But I do think that I have a really great team already in place here. Um, you know I always tell people a few things if they're new to the area or even maybe some of the travelers coming this way one I think the people from West Virginia are the nicest people you are ever going to meet and two the one thing that I absolutely love about working here at Berkeley is there is this wonderful familial feel about being here people are welcoming to you wanting to be here and people are quick to want to you know open their arms to you and I think that we're that same way when it comes to how we treat our patients and I I feel like the groundwork is maybe already there, and we just have to continue to model it amongst each other and how we treat one another, and then it carries on then to how we treat our patients and our family members.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly agree with you, and um, I find in a world of, of technology, a world of computers and healthcare, care, um, I, I often joke to my children, I joke to my patients that I was raised on analog. And what you're describing are actually the analog skills of humans relating to humans. And I think for many of us who have gone through a pandemic when there was so much disruption, I feel like I walked around in a big circle and came back to the core that you're describing, that those fundamental human-to-human skills, it's what our patients yearn for, it's what cuts through technology, it's what cuts through loneliness and isolation and a quote-unquote system that... Does not work for them. Um, and when you describe the modeling, uh, those of us that are now the leaders, that's exactly what we have to do. And we just have to create, I think, these micro cultures of where that familial, I love that, that neighborhood, that family, because West Virginia, that's what we do. You know, we have kin and we have, we could even call it some, some, uh, some clannish behavior in, in that, right? We, we we gather around the family, right? That can have negative connotations, but all of the good connotations that it has, we tend to jealously defend our own, care for our own. Um, and so can you speak a little bit about your view of West Virginia Appalachian values? You've touched on some of it. You know, you even embody, embody that as, as a working mother. Um, but what are those cultural values that you see that make us unique you know many people talk about friendly and family and being neighborly and having we bump into each other in the grocery store we see each other at the football field um do you see that that has left its fingerprints on you and the the kind of nurse that you are today
2: i yes absolutely so you know in talking about you know the the imprints and everything You know, I don't I can't recall a time where if I went, let's say, to the grocery store and I bump into somebody that I know that we aren't at least smiling or waving high or at least saying, you know, hi, how have you been or how are you doing? And it's not just with people, you know, you know, I've noticed through the years, you know, if you make eye contact with anybody around these parts, you know, we're at least smiling at one another and we're, you know, hi, how you doing? You know, it doesn't matter if we know each other or not. And, um, I mean, I've traveled to many other places and, you know, some people aren't as friendly in that aspect, you know, they kind of look at us like we're weird. Like, I don't know who you are, but here, like that's culture for us. Like that's, you know, we're used to that with one another. Um, additionally, I think because, um, you know, we are very outdoorsy people as well. I mean, we are born and bred here in the mountains of West Virginia and we have some very hard working people around here and you know, we have, you know, the apple orchards and the farmlands. So, you know, we're just we're just a bunch of friendly and hardworking people around here.
1: Yeah, I I think that's so true. And you know, in the early days of the pandemic, um, you know, um, different locations had to decide how they were going to respond. But I knew around these parts that it was going to just be old fashioned teamwork. And right. People in West Virginia and Appalachia writ large know how to roll up their sleeves. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the parking lot and knowing people, I find when I drive or walk through our parking lot, you look at the stickers on cars Mm -hmm. and many of them say retired vet, uh, EMT volunteer firefighter, uh, EMS, Um, You see stickers for, for, you know, nursing life, hospice. Um, I think the community service spirit here is tremendous, and it it may be our our secret sauce.
2: Absolutely, and I think for us here in the Panhandle alone, I mean, we're dealing with so many um, aspects of healthcare. You know, you've got multiple hospitals within the area because you've got us in Jefferson, and then you've got the VA, and then, you know, a couple miles north and south of us, we... We have um, two other hospital systems, and those are serviced by people within this area as well. Um, we've got um, the, um, not the Air Force, the National Guard. We've got the National Guard that's here. So, you know, we have many people within our community that service that. Um, hospice, many aspects of home health in the area. So we are, we're a very, you know, giving community back into, um, into our own.
1: And as we, you know, none of us can predict the future, um, you know, but walking around the halls of the Berkeley Medical Center, um, I personally feel a very different vibe these days. We feel very post-pandemic. We feel, we feel very focused on the future. We know our exciting opportunities of growth in this community, right? It's It makes many of us nervous, right? Because so many people, there, uh, you and I are literally looking at Interstate 81 uh, out the sixth floor. There is so much commerce and traffic around here. So we have a delightful problem that the rest of West Virginia would love, mm-hmm. influx of people, it's got to serve more. And you don't strike me as a woman who's burned out at all. You, you, know, you, you know, despite all, you know, 20 years of doing this, mm-hmm. raising children, doing all of that, what keeps you filling your cup back up so you can come in here? Because, you know, you're talking about modeling, I know you do it, right? Uh, we work together, we share patience and experiences, and so what what are the things that you do so you can shed the trauma, the pain? How do you, how do, you do it?
2: So I think a lot of what keeps me motivated here um, is I just have a wonderful team that works underneath of me. I don't think that, um, I don't think I could do it without them. I've always believed that um, I can't ask them to do something that I'm not worth doing, you know, I'm not willing to do myself. Um, and you know, because I'm willing to be out there with them, I think they're willing to follow and they've been wonderful and they keep me grounded. And a lot of why I've stayed for as long as I have is because I have that wonderful, you know, team underneath of me that helps carry me. Um, you know, additionally, like I said before, I have a wonderful family at home and I have my own mother that serviced this hospital for 40 some years as well. And I think that, you know, trying to live up to her expectations and to what, you know, what reputation she has left here. I want to be, you know, on that same level with her. So I, you know, that's a lot of what keeps me going. Um, I also am somebody who likes to get the job done and I like to make people happy and um, I like to just come in every day with what I hope is a clean slate and hope that I can get things done. And some days it pans out and some days it doesn't but you know, every day is a new day and I just try to move forward with it. But I don't have any days where I wake up and I'm dreading coming to work. Um, I enjoy my job. Um, do I wish the weekends were longer and my vacations were a little longer? Absolutely. But I very much enjoy what I do and um, I, I have no complaints, really.
1: Well, Adriana, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. I I've been around healthcare long enough to know the real thing. When I see it, you are the real thing. Um, I really appreciate you taking time to speak to Healthcare is Human.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
1: And now, listeners, it's time to head over to our teammate, Renee Nicholson. As a writer, poet, and essayist, Renee has written an original poem that she's going to read for us now.
3: Winter Solstice I was born... The darkest night of the year. Mom says, every day after me filled with more light. But mom, what if I prefer the dark? In the light, these eyes sometimes deceive me. Lack of sight, a kind of vision. Better to trust my fast-beating heart. Winters in West Virginia run unpredictable. 70 degrees during Valentine's and snow in April, just like the Prince song. How did we lose our way? The tall pines shudder, a howling wind, echoes through the frost like a lost friend. My bones prefer the chill of winter to summer's heat, and my face tingling from cold, great puffs I might swallow back whole.
0: You've been listening to Healthcare is Human, a signature program of the Humanities Center at West Virginia University and inspired by the hardworking medical staff at the Berkeley Medical Center in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Healthcare is Human is created and hosted by Dr. Ryan McCarthy, audio engineered by Kim Mattioli, and features incredible photography by Molly Humphreys. View her world-class portfolio by searching for Piccadilly Posh. Financial support for Healthcare is Human is provided by the West Virginia Humanities Council, WVU Foundation, WVU Medicine, WVU Health Science Center Eastern Campus, and generous donors in West Virginia. The Healthcare is Human podcast also features poetry by Renee Nicholson and music by Isaac McCarthy. Special thanks to Jared Sims and Robert Sears at WVU College of Creative Arts. David Smith at the WVU Reed College of Media, Sally Brown of Art in the Libraries at WVU, and Corey Garman of Experience Art and Exhibitions for their contributions to the Healthcare is Human project. You can find Healthcare is Human on Facebook and Instagram and on TED.com. Thanks for listening to Healthcare is Human, and remember, next time you go to a clinic, hospital, or medical facility, Take a moment and remember that healthcare healthcare is human. human.